Welcome in all you crazy kids. Live chat for this week's Honda Classic. We can talk about bets, one and done, ownership, DFS, life, anything you want. I don't care. Time's yours. Put it in there. Let's rock and roll. Civic Boy gets us started. That 8-1 to Rombo must have felt good. Whew. Certainly did. Since that was a first for you for betting that low, does that change your strategy at all going forward? How's that card looking this week? Rick Run Goat. Oh, man. We are off with a good start. Yeah, I don't. I usually do not get down to the favorites or into the single digits. A lot easier. Maybe I should do that more frequently because it really kind of felt like John Rahm was inevitable the entire time. It was, it was coming. So, um, yeah, I think... And and we've kind of well documented this, right? Especially since the guys left for live, it there's kind of a void in the middle of the betting boards. One, the the middle of the betting board used to be so much more valuable. It used to win uh, at a rate that was disproportionate to what it should be winning at, like twenty five to sixty to one, and that's kind of gone now. And we're just seeing favorites win much more frequently than they have in the last couple of years. I do think that those two things are related. And I also think that the best golfers are the best golfers for a reason. So yes, I think realistically, I will probably take more chances like that of going with a much smaller card focused at the top this week. Not necessarily that. Um, And I, for those of you who are new, welcome. I share my bets because I get asked, you should not bet who I bet right? Do, do figure out what works best for you. Make your own decisions. This is what I have gone with. Denny McCarthy, 27 to one. Um, I have bet Cam Davis at 53 to one. I know there's a question coming up about Cam Davis next. I'm a sucker. I'm a glutton for punishment. I'll talk about him in a second. Joseph Bramlett at 60, Robbie Shelton at 60, Kevin Tway at 130. That's my card. Um, there's a question here about Cam Davis. So he's been horrible. We're, we'll look up We'll look up the stats here. It's a complete fall off. Um, This is my website, rickrungood.com. The question is in regards to Cam Davis continues to struggle. Do we need a sign? Uh, Do we at least need to see a sign of something before putting him back in our DFS lineups? Um, Not good, right? Obviously struggling as of late. But what I do want to look at is the power rankings because I bet you he is like the fifth best player in this field over the last 100 rounds. Let's see. He is the uh, maybe worse than that. Where is he? Oh, okay, he's thirty third. Wow, I thought he would have been better than that. Let's just do PGA Tour rounds. Really try to cherry pick this in his favor. Let's see what we can find. Uh, doesn't get that much better, does he? Where is he? Am I am I crazy? Does he not have a hundred rounds in his last? I I geez, oh man, we're off to an absolutely roaring start here. Aren't we? Am I missing? Oh, he's right here. 22nd. Like, am I, am I just blind? Um, the way that I look at this is he is so talented. And if you throw him in a field that is significantly weaker than any field that he's played in as of late, um, you got to give him a little bit of a chance. And that might be wrong. I might be going down with the ship, but that's where we're at. D Tubin. In my first ever one and done, nice stink. I need a big one this week. I'm considering McCarthy or Dietrich. Who else should I consider? I think those are fine. I think if you're playing in a um, a larger one and done with a lot more people, you should be considering the likes of McCarthy. Uh, Dietrich's fine. Aaron Wise would be fine. Um, that's probably the short list. If you're front running a little bit, you can you can go towards the top of the board. Uh, Kuchar even, I think would be fine. Uh, Billy Horschel would be fine. All of those guys. I probably actually lean like Horschel a little bit more than probably Thomas Dietrich, just because we've seen, we've seen Horschel win, uh, somewhat frequently. And I kind of want to tap into that. And I think he's going to be pretty low owned. So any one of those guys would be generally fine. Just probably based on your position and and based on what you said that that it stinks. uh, You should probably just not be playing either Sungjae or Shane Lowry. Question here from Chris about Davis Riley and if we have any insight on what's going on uh, after a promising rookie season. Uh, no, no real insight. You look at the stat profile and it's it's almost like a completely different guy. This stretch of golf that he had 
from Mexico or, I mean, call it Byron Nelson to the U.S. Open where he was gaining multiple strokes on approach every single week was really special stuff and he was contending a lot and we just haven't seen that. Uh, it's been much more inconsistent in the ball striking categories and he is not able to hit it well enough to out hit his short game because his short game is, is even worse than that. He's just, he has not gained strokes in the short game since Sanderson farms. And he's only done it once in his last like 12 starts. It's just a lot of things seem to be going wrong, which um, usually tends to be a, a longer, a longer turnaround time. Andy says, Hey Rick, how excited are you for the rainmakers PGA tour program? Yeah. So pretty excited. I got to do a little bit more research. So for those of you who don't know, rainmakers is like this, NFT trading card game that um, that DraftKings had for football. I don't think they had it for basketball. They had it for football, where to me, and I'm sure I'm on record saying this in the last couple of years, this was the natural progression for NFTs in the fantasy space. It was you, you open up packs, you get cards that are rare, and then you use those cards to build lineups. So that's the way this works in Rainmakers. Then based on your portfolio, you can enter – contests that have different uh, purses to them, a different prize pool to them. So you can basically play fantasy golf now, or you will at the player's championship, I think is the start um, where you can use your trading card NFTs, build lineups, win cash. So I, I need to do a lot more research, Andy, but um, I, I think that is the natural and good way to use NFTs. Rick, I've climbed up into the top 20 of the full season run and done, should I play it safe this week and let loose Sungbae, or do I take a chance here on someone like McCarthy and Dietrich? Um, if you were in the top 20 of 1,100 people, play Sungjae or Shane Lowry. Higo time. Can we do a deep dive on his recent form since he got a new swing coach? Okay. Uh, I think it's been three starts, two or three starts since he got – I don't know if it's a new swing coach. He's just not working with Claude Harmon anymore, and I think it was kind of right around this – T11, T53, T20 stretch. He actually didn't play all that poorly at the WM Phoenix Open. He gained strokes from T to green. He lost three with the putter over two rounds, which is certainly in his range of outcomes. He is not a very good putter, so you can't be super upset that he loses three strokes over two rounds. But otherwise, the T to green, the T to green play has been a lot better. The results have been a lot better. Um, he still skews on the volatile end of things. But yeah, I think these are, these are positive. I mean, even just look at his last 100 rounds. I mean, it was just down and to the right. And now we're starting to see it level out a little bit of an upturn. Yeah. You can tell he's starting to find something a little bit. And I don't think it's a coincidence that it has uh, come at a time where he has shaken up his team. Last man in EVR, Ben Griffin, probably Ben Griffin for me. Um, nothing against EVR, but Ben Griffin had one horrible start right? Where he loses four strokes off the tee at Pebble Beach. Just absolutely horrendous. Other than that, he's been really good. He's been good in the ball striking categories. The putter can get hot at times. Uh, the results were there. That was his first miscut since the Fortinet. So oh, I guess I should get this comment out of the way so that you can see. Um, so for me, I, I forgive quickly. And uh, Ben Griffin is a guy that I, I'm happy to forgive quickly with. Rick hit three winners in one and done. And I'm up 2.8 mil. Jeez, Kevin. On second place out of 50, should I play the chalk in the last two weeks of Q1 or keep the guns blazing? Well, I think luckily uh, the answer to both of those questions is the same. Like you playing to win Q1 and you playing to win season long are probably the same answer. You play Sungjae or Shane Lowry. You probably just play Sungjae if you have them available, right? You're in a position where everyone else has to catch you. So you start piling up. Uh, as much expected EV as you can, or uh, as, as much positive EV as you can. Expected EV would be expected, expected value. That's a stupid thing to say. But you just pile it up. And in turn, you get to front run and you also hopefully get to pad your Q1 stuff. So same answer for both. Is this week more volatile than most with the water and very little win equity at the top? Is it a good week to go highly contrarian or do certain players tend to play here play well here year over year. There's a couple of decent examples. I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, but um, I think the course history here is not very sticky. You know, it's it's much more reminiscent of something like Torrey Pines. Torrey Pines, believe it or not, um, has some pretty volatile course history, especially for the guys at the top of the board. So if you look at Shane Lowry, he's played here three times in the last five years. 
T36 or better in all of them, including a runner-up finish last year that he probably should have won. But even guys like Sepp Straka, who have won this event and have missed the cut in their last four, Sungjae has done the same. He has won this event, and he has missed the cut in his last four. I don't think there's any real pristine course history hanging around here. Most guys have a missed cut, or they're just kind of like decent finishes. So I would say embrace your volatility, be a contrarian, leave a little bit of money on the table. Um, you know, this might get clipped and make me and, and sound horrible when he wins this, but like we haven't gotten to the ownership portion of the show yet, but I'll just tell you right now, you know, the, the, the cheat sheet at rickrungood.com and Mike Cavalunas has been doing a great job with the, the ownership projections currently showing a 41% Sung JM 41%. I'm not sure we have seen a full field event uh, with a player being that highly owned. So <laughs> there's only two ways to play Sungjae. Um, and it's it's not matching the field. I think you either fade him, you don't play him, you don't play a 41% owned golfer at one of the more volatile spots, or you play 150 lineups and you put him in all of them. Uh, if you are not willing to do one of those two things, I think you're probably doing it wrong. Uh, so I will probably be taking the fade Sungjae approach, which is very, very scary. But like, let's be real, 41%, 41%. Insane. What percentage of lineups do you think start Sungjae and Lowry? Um, I don't know, 10, 15%, something like that. I mean, Shane is 26, Sungjae is 41 who's going to play them both and then go down to 7,200 per player. As you point out, Hank Hill, 10%, 15% would, would at least, okay. That's the other, I guess there is an option three. If you're going to play Sung Jay, be very weird. Leave 5k on the table. Um, two 10 K guys, two guys at 6,300. You know what I mean? Like be very weird, I guess is your third option, but I'll probably just take the fade side of things. Hey Rick, just out of the money. In the run, good one and done. Do you think Vegas or Higo makes sense this week? Which you which do you like better? Um, I, I like Vegas better. I think Higo is probably too deep. I don't think you need to necessarily go that deep. I, I'm not sure you need to go as deep as Johnny Vegas either. I think the answer is um, Wise, Horschel, uh, Kirk, Kucher, Minwoo, Denny. Like that, I, I don't think you need to go much further than that. Uh, especially if you're just outside the money. But if you wanted to go to Vegas, I think that's fine. So I loved him at Phoenix. That worked out. Uh, loved him at Torrey. That worked out. Didn't really like him at Genesis, and that was not working out for a while. Luckily, he faded on the weekend, but still T56. All things considered, he's a horrible putter, and I did not think Riviera was a great setup for him. That's probably better than what my expectations were. And now he's going back to a place where he's made nine out of 10 cuts, has a couple of decent finishes. Um, maybe you get him on, on Bermuda and he putts a little bit better. He generally putts better here than he has as of late, but he's going to have to out hit that putter. So I don't think Vegas is the worst option. Thoughts on Eric Barnes? Truly. So here's Eric Barnes coming off the miscut at Pebble Beach, T13 at the Farmers. A uh, couple of miscuts in there. Excuse me. Sorry. Um, th this is a stat profile of somebody who doesn't have a lot of strengths and just kind of, but, but at the same time, it, it's like whack-a-mole, right? Some weeks it's going to be really good in some areas. Some weeks it's going to be really bad. Another, like he went back to back weeks where he lost three and a half strokes, putting gained seven. That's a 10 shot difference in two weeks. Here's a approach week where this is only two rounds where he lost a stroke and a half, but he gained two in two measured rounds before that. So that's a two stroke per round difference. So you're just going to get a lot of volatility here. Let me see about, um, man, he's pretty wild off the tee. 203rd in driving accuracy, 204th in distance from edge of fairway, which is a stat that says when you're missing, you're missing big. So that is uh, very, very scary on a week like this. There was a second follow-up question on Eric Barnes, which is, which is crazy. Uh, oh, Jay-Z's in the chat. My main man, Rick, stay winning. Thank you, Hove. Hova's worried about EVR hitting into the water 90 times, but he keeps showing up for me. Holla at the gang with what you think of him. Well, I would never turn away a question from the great Jay-Z. So 
the who else was I talking about this with? Um, Somebody else whose stat profile looks a lot like this. I cannot remember. I'm sure I'll get to it in a second. But what my point being, the bar for EVR has been very low, but he's playing better, right? Again, very low bar, but he's playing better golf. T6 at the American Express, T50 in Phoenix, a much deeper field. The metrics, at least in the ball striking categories, have gotten a lot better uh, again, it's, it's, it's easy to be a lot better when you were losing five strokes in the ball striking categories, but this is a little reason for optimism. I probably won't get to a big investment on it, uh, Hove, but that's on me. Hey, Rick, should we read into the right and left rough tendencies? If a player is ranked high in the other, um, does that mean they are more likely or not to miss unless? Okay. So. This is a concept that comes from generally where the trouble is. So I have this on rickrungood.com. So there are a couple of stats the PGA Tour keeps like this one. It's called left rough tendency um, in which the lower the value is better, how often you hit it into the left rough. So for example, Kadira, Stewart, Russell Knox, Mark Hubbard all do not miss left very often. The trouble at PGA National is uh, generally right. So Ryan Armour, Garrett Kigo, Chris Kirk, uh, Dylan Wu, Robert Streb, they all miss right less frequently than others. The uh, question, though, around kind of how much importance do we put on that is, I think, more up for debate. Um it is one thing to say, oh, this golfer is always missing into the right rough. There's little indication of them trying to avoid trouble, right? Like golfers who miss right know they miss right. And if you have water right, are you now hitting a different club? Are you taking a different line? Are you taking a different approach? That That's that's kind of the idea. Like if you just put everybody on a, a three-yard wide fairway, you'll just see if they miss right or left more frequently. But I, I think there's a little bit more, a, a little bit more to it than that. So maybe use it to break ties. I'm not using it in, in any, uh, in any substantial way. Will skipping Sung Jay and Lowry at the top and starting your lineup with two or three nine K guys be popular? Um, seemingly not, uh, Tyler, because we've got 41% projected ownership on Sung Jay, 26 projected on Shane Lowry. So that's what, 60-ish percent of people who are going to have one of them in their lineups. Maybe they'll have both or whatever. But uh, seemingly three 9K guys is uh, not going to be that popular of an option. Can we do a deep dive on Taylor Pendrith? Sure. Uh, Hasn't been playing all that well. Let's take a look. So it says, I wanted to click him this week. His ball striking from this event last year through year-end was great. Since the calendar year flipped, not so much. Uh, Agreed. Yeah. So I actually think the biggest concern that I have is, is, is the driver. Um, if you go back, he is an elite driver of the golf ball. Very, very elite. Uh, off the tee numbers are insane. Game two, three, four, five in, in tournaments. And, um, that is gone. I mean, he's been a loser over his last four. The putter has been a lot better, but the approach, this is, this is a pretty concerning stat profile. So I own a lot of Taylor Pendrith in like season long leagues and, um, I'm obviously a believer of him long-term, but this is, this is not, this is not a good look for DFS. Do you like to start with him and a bunch of seven K guys or start in the low nines and fill with eight and seven K, uh, the latter is Pearson Cootie worth a look? Uh, I think yes. So don't confuse him with Parker Cootie, his twin brothers also in the field. So it says, can we be early on the next Zalatoris or is this guy going to be a bozo? So he's, I don't think he's going to be a bozo. Uh, he's won twice on the Corn Ferry Tour in like his last 12 starts. He's just very, very volatile, right? I mean, he is basically winning or missing the cut. Uh, he's got a top 10 here at the Utah Championship. He has not played, has he not played a PGA Tour? Okay, played the Byron Nelson in 2021. He missed the cut. Um, I, I think he's very talented. Uh, and I think he's going to be very volatile. If you were looking for that, have at it. His brother, Parker, three missed cuts uh, in the database. He Monday qualified into this event. Let me hit this super chat. This is um, never, uh, never required always 
appreciate it. This is keep up the great work from Sheets. Don't have a question. If you don't want the $18, give somebody a free month. Okay, how about who's your favorite sub-7K golfer to just make the cut? Okay, well, much much appreciated, Sheets. I'll um, I'll tell you what. I will – I don't want to clog up the chat, though. Um, I'll give away a membership, but I don't want people to comment. So let me think of something different with that. How about uh, – oh, God. All right, I'll think of something. So best 7K guy to or 7K or blow just to make the cut. Uh, actually, how about this? Let's use like the proper tools for this. Let's go to the power rankings. Let's go to the strokes gain distribution. Let's look for um, strokes gain, like gaining one or more strokes frequently. Uh, and then the first person who pops up under 7K, Paul Haley II, believe it or not, over his last 100 rounds, he only has 29 rounds, has gained at least a stroke 50% of the time. No upside whatsoever. Never gains three or more. Uh, never gains five or more. But that's an interesting option. How about Sean O'Hare? Kind of a similar story. No, I think the answer is Paul Haley. He doesn't. He doesn't have a lot of rounds. But I think that's my answer. Thanks for that. And we, I'll figure out a way uh, to give that out. Maybe let's do. I mean, I don't want to limit it to people on Twitter. I could say just go comment on the tweet that I put out 10 minutes before this show started. If you go comment there, all right, that's what we'll do. Ar- Armina will put the link in the description or she'll drop it in the chat. Uh, a link to the tweet that I posted out for this live chat about uh, 30 minutes ago. If you reply to that, I'll pick a winner. Just say whatever. It doesn't matter. Hey, hi, good stuff. Uh, I'll pick somebody to give a, a yearly membership to on sheets or excuse me, a monthly, sorry, monthly membership to on sheets. Um, and if you don't have Twitter, I'm sorry. Okay. Where were we? Uh, my fire is, uh, Kyle Westmoreland. Is that crazy? So no, I don't think so. So there's a couple of interesting things. First of all, he's very, very cheap. He's like 6,100 or something like that. And if you look at his advanced metrics, you're going to be pretty impressed. Um, the ball striking numbers are great. The around the green play is solid. He's not a very good putter, but he's not a detrimentally bad putter. This is actually kind of a weird stat profile considering he's missed four of his last five cuts because he got screwed at Tory because that's a course rotation. He actually gained strokes and missed the cut. That's hard to do. He did not, um, you know, he had like one thing go wrong at the American express and one thing go wrong at the Sony. He, misses the cut like the, the stat like i don't know how this is missed cuts like this is much better play like it feels like he's not getting rewarded for this decent play that he has t29 at pebble beach t27 in houston hits the ball a country mile it's a very bizarre stat line it feels like an like you know how in baseball or i guess in a lot of sports it's like your pythagorean win loss like how lucky have you been this feels like a very unlucky set of results compared to his stat profile. Um, where are you leaning in the one and done now that Norin withdrew? Yeah. So, um, good question, TJ. So I've just been playing my position. So I think I'm in five or six one and dones. two of them. I'm lucky enough to be uh, one of them is a small one. It's like 25 people. I'm in first I'm playing. I've already used Sung Jay. So I'm playing Shane Lowry. The, another one I'm in second out of like 130. I have already used Sung Jay. So I'm using Lowry. Uh, in the bigger ones, I have opted for uh, just spreading it out. One has Billy Horschel, uh, one has Aaron Wise, one has uh, Denny, I believe. I have just kind of scattershotted the rest of them in hopes to find uh, a little a little winner somewhere. Any thoughts on Justin Suh? Feels like he's the guy getting squeezed here in the 7K range. Let's look at Jay Suh and see how it's been. It's been okay. WD from the pro uh, Pebble Beach Pro-Am, was he injured? I don't know, but he played two weeks later. He finished T40 at Genesis. Gained four strokes putting. He's a pretty good putter, right? Four, four, two, minus one, minus a half, four in his last handful of starts. Short game's actually not bad at all. Um, Whack-a-mole with the approach play. Whack-a-mole off the tee. A little bit concerning because of how important those stats are. But okay, this is better than I thought. It's like a four and a half out of ten. Nothing crazy. Only the only missed cut he's had since the CJ Cup was the WD. So he's figuring a way to get to the weekend. 
I don't think it's glaringly great, but you could probably do a lot worse than that. Uh, here's a question about Dylan Wu. Do a little bit of a deep dive on Dylan. Not for Telly. Wu. Get him out of here. Okay, there we go. Um, this this lacks a little bit of upside for me. You know, his best finishes are T29 at, at Pebble Beach, T32 at the American Express. He makes a decent amount of cuts, but really never cracks into the top 10, right? I mean, his best finish on tour is, what, a 10th place finish at the Zurich? Is that his best finish on tour? It might actually be, uh, which is a team event. So this is, if if Justin So was a four and a half, this is like a three and a half out of 10. Um, better for making cuts, probably not as good for getting to the top end of the board. Who do we see back on tour sooner, Daniel Berger or Anthony Kim? Uh, there's another question right after it says, have you heard any news on Daniel Berger? Um, I have, I don't know if it's my information to share. Uh, I will say, I do not believe it is necessarily live related at this point. I will just say, um, I just think, I think it's the injury. Seems like it's the injury, which I, you know, to be out this long, what is it going on? Nine months now seems, seems pretty serious. So I, I don't know. I, I have no TBD, like no date for him coming back. I know that he posted on Instagram a couple of weeks ago, like, hey, I'll be back soon. I haven't seen it. Thought Honda was the perfect spot. Thought Pebble might have been a good spot. Maybe it's the Masters. I mean, assuming he's in the Masters, right? He's in. Like, it's just, uh, yeah, I, I believe it's injury related. Hello, Rick. Was wondering if you like going top heavy with a 10K guy and a 9K guy or load up on eights. Really hoping Harris English is fully back to form. I have questions about that, Nathan. And I know it was a good finish last week. I know it was probably one of his better finishes um, of, of, of recent memory, but this is very, very concerning for me. So he finished T12 last week in an absolutely stacked field. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Look at the stat profile. Hate it, hate it, hate it. Eight strokes gained with the putter. Uh, 11 in the short game categories. That's his best putting performance ever. Um, that is generally not going to happen again, right? So... If you look at the T to green play, it's still pretty bad. So I I do not believe that Harris English is back. Can you show the office football pool? <laughs> yeah. So office football pool lets you see the site-wide picks um, for one and done if you have, if you're in a league there. It's not, le- I can't see what my league is doing, but I can see what the whole site is. Shane Lowry and Sung Jay are 22% each. Uh, Denny McCarthy is 9.6. Matt Kuchar is 9. Chris Kirk is 8.5. Then it goes to Billy Horschel at 5.5, so there's kind of a gap there. Adam Svensson, 4.7. Harris English, 3.6. Min Woo, 3. Um, so really, when you're looking at this, you know if you're in something large and you're not in the lead or close to the top of the board, uh, you probably cannot play Shane Lowry or Sung Jay M. You could play Denny. You could play McCarthy. I actually think like where's uh, like Billy Horschel five and a half percent with like the third shortest odds is probably the best play, just kind of objectively. Just removing removing anything we know about Billy Horschel or his recent form or the fact that he hasn't been putting well, whatever. The guy who's got like the third or fourth best odds is five and a half percent owned with two guys that are twenty two percent owned. I feel like everyone was scrambling to bet Svensson and cut his number in half, but I just don't get it. Um, I'm with you. I am certainly much more bearish on Svensson than probably the less rest of the industry. Similar thing to what we saw from Harris English. Uh, I don't really care if you finish T9 at Genesis, if you gain 11 strokes in the short game, which is what he did. And you lost off the tee and you lost on approach. I just don't really care. Um, maybe it sparks a little bit of confidence for you, but this is a horrible stat profile since the win, which is not all that uncommon. We see that all the time. Guy wins and struggles. The, gaining 11 strokes in the short game does not impress me unless you do it all the time. So he has three starts in his career where he's gained 10, 10, and 8. Then he's gained four. Like these are absolute outlier weeks. Um yeah, I'm not I'm not nearly nearly as bullish on on Svensson as everybody else. Who will be the least owned player in the 9K range? Well, according to the Rick Run Good ownership projections, the answer to that is Billy Horschel, 15%. No, I lied. Thomas Dietrich, 12%. 
Last spot, Kirk or Wise? Uh, Kirk. Rick, uh, actually, I'm sorry. I meant Wise. I don't know why I said Kirk, because it was the first one. I meant Wise. Hey, Rick, I know Cooch looks like my grandpa, but he seems to be playing halfway decent golf. Is this a, a decent fit for him? Yeah, okay. So, um, actually, I might have also sprayed Kuchar into one of those one-and-dones, like one of those like four or five that I just sprayed around. I might have I sprayed Kuchar into one. So... Here's his stat profile from last week. He gained eight strokes ball striking. Um, he's generally a very good putter. He is a thoughtful plotter around the golf course where, you know, if you can avoid the disaster off the tee, which uh, generally Kuchar does, 50th in accuracy this year, probably much better than that uh, in this field, definitely much better than that in this field. 31st in distance from edge of fairway. So that actually says, like, he misses like even of the guys that miss fairways less than him or less frequently than him, he misses by less term in terms of yardage or in terms of feet, in terms of distance. So yeah, I actually do think it's a pretty good spot for him. Yeah, Rick. Glad to finally catch a live stream. Good luck. You too. Hey Rick, how do we feel about the young Akshay this week? Um, yeah, so uh, speaking of volatility, right? Uh, let me show you Akshay's stat profile. Had a good run at uh, the event that he won last year, this Bahama. Like the two Bahamas events were great to him. Then he kind of went to Panama and he went to the Astara Golf Championship and didn't play particularly well there. I think he had said something. Somebody find me this quote. I think he said something like, I've always wanted to play in this event. I grew up watching this event. I think PGA National is a good course for me. I Listen, if you buy that, uh, you could do much worse than Akshay, who's got a lot of high upside and like great raw talent, but probably not going to make much investments for me unless it's like the jock market, which is stock market DFS. And all you need to do is get Akshay to be like, remotely, I don't know, like what's Akshay going to go for tonight? A couple of bucks. Let's see. Uh, yeah, like Akshay's average ROI is 16%. He usually sells for $2.49 on Wednesday night. So I'd, I'd probably be interested in Akshay in like a stock market DFS format where he doesn't have to win. He doesn't have to finish in the top 10. If he finishes like 40th or better, he's probably making you money. And he has done that pretty consistently. So um Jock market's great, by the way. Jock market's getting into a bunch of new games, and their core game, which is the stock market DFS, is already very good. Um, like John Rom sold last week at IPO for eleven bucks a share, paid out twenty five dollars a share. Max Home eight twenty five paid out twenty. So um, you don't have to find winners; you just got to find guys that outperform their expectation. I have a promo code and a link for a deposit bonus. It's Rick. There's a link in the description. Use it. It's a great game, and they've expanded to like pickums and stuff like that. They're doing a great job. Uh, I lost my spot. Uh, oh, okay. I think I got it. So Andrew Cozen, he's a f uh, question here. Says he's a min $6,000. How crazy is that? Let's take a look. Yeah, pretty crazy. You know, he won in Utah. Look at this. Is there, is this a, is there a more corn fairy golf profile than this? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten consecutive missed cuts win. What a joke. How could you ever see that coming? And then based since then, he's basically missed every cut. So, um, yeah, he's nine cuts away before just popping off and winning. So no, probably out on Andrew Kozan. Happy 100 or 100% week for Sung Jay and Lowry. Will you see any, will we see you in any WSOP events this summer? I would like it. It's just a scheduling thing, right? The summer is so stacked with golf big golf events and traveling. I would love to get like, I don't, I'm not going to play the main event. It takes too long and it's $10,000. I would love to play a thousand dollar three day event that starts on like a Wednesday, like a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday would be perfect for me. I don't know if those are going to happen. The other thing is, I think they have like some $600 ones, but they usually take forever. They, maybe if they do like a super turbo or something. I don't know. I would like to. It's mostly just a scheduling issue. How is Shane Lowry projected so low on the cheat sheet? Uh, that's the projection, right? Mike Cavalunas, who's got a great record of this and tracks the R squared and does great work and top notch, has him at 26%. I trust him. With all the trouble off the tee, 
what do you think about weighing in a decent amount of distance from edge of fairway? Yeah, there we go. So um, we were kind of chatting about it a little bit, but I guess I could just show you. So here's the stat, distance from edge of fairway. Uh, top guys. And actually, I should just really be showing you top guys that you are probably going to play. So Satoshi Godaira, Hayden Buckley, Matt Kuchar, Ryan Armour, Russell Knox, tops in this field. The other one would be, uh, let's sort by salary. So you can see like Sung Jay's very good at this, like 20th on tour. Um, Lowry's 115th. Kirk is 41st. Horschel Kucher, they're both okay. Svensson's okay as well. So yeah, it's a fun, it's a fun little stat. I like it. Uh, okay, I am getting into the the duplicate questions, so that's good. It means means we're making progress here because I answer I have answered a lot of these. I had to pick up um, I had to pick up Danny Willett in a in a season long fantasy league. So I I picked up Danny, and I'm just hoping for him to grind it out. Right, you know, to to get into the kind of these more difficult conditions and grind it out. You know, he played well at Riviera last week. T eighteen gained nearly across the board. He lost a little bit with the putter. That's it. Made the cut at Pebble. Um, let's look at his Honda Classic stuff because I think it's pretty decent, right? If I'm not super confused. Oh, I thought it was better than this. Two starts, T forty eight and a missed cut. The missed cut was twenty seventeen. The the T forty eight was last year. Maybe I was thinking of somebody else. But yeah, th- this is. Um, Danny Willett, when par is a good score, gets more valuable. So, yeah, I think it's fine. I picked him up in a um, season-long league. Always curious to hear your strategy on a week like this. If I only like two to three guys between 50 and 100, do you think I should put bigger stakes on those guys as usual or just save save money for next week? Uh, I generally do the same thing every week. That's my personal opinion. There's probably no right answer. It's your money. Spend it how you want, but I generally do the same thing every week. Yo, Rick, everything is coming up. Ben Griffin in the custom model on Rick Run. Good for me. Does him not playing this course hurt him a bunch? No, I don't think so. Who's your best top 20 of bet of the week? Joseph Bramlett. Is this the week Billy Ho wins in Florida? Uh, it would be great for one of my one and dones, but no, probably not. I don't, I don't love, I mean, he's good enough and is a high enough caliber of golfer to look at this field and kind of just snap into it. But this is not a great stat profile, right? And he's losing strokes with the putter in two of his last three, which is a little bit concerning. And, um, when Billy's out of whack, he's like generally out of whack for a long time. (laughs) He's kind of a streaky golfer. Also, not that I'm against this, but this is arguably the worst logo in all of golf. So he is sponsored by a company called BDO. I legitimately thought he was sponsored by a company called LBDO because the logo is literally an L next to BDO. So I was like, oh, let me look up like Billy Horschel LBDO. Like, what is that company? I have no idea. And it's a libido company. And I'm like, great. Billy Horschel, sex positive. No problem. That's awesome. I come to find out that's not, he, uh, it, BDO is some other company. I don't even know what they do, but this is legitimately the worst logo when you, no one knows what letters they are. Who's paid? How am I not getting paid a million dollars to do like the branding for LBDO or BDO? It's horrible. Horrible. Sorry. If M Lowry and Wise are off the board, who is the next top golfer? McCarthy, Kucher? Minwoo, um, I'm a believer in Minwoo, so I would probably say it's Minwoo. Uh, I mean, we'll do the we'll do the Minwoo thing real quick. I mean, the the realistic answer is they're all like razor thin. But okay, here's my rant about this. Um, golf is played globally, and if you are not looking at global results, you're probably doing it wrong. So Minwoo hasn't played a PGA Tour event since the Open Championship. Well, he's played like 18 times since then. And he's played really, really well. DP World Tour, he's got eight top 13s in a row. Five of them are T3s, or top threes, podiums. Um, Great metrics across the board. He played in some of these events with some stars. Yes, they were weaker fields, but there were some stars in these fields. I like Minwoo a lot. He made the cut in three majors last year. I think Minwoo might be the next best player. Um, 
Okay, so let's look at Patty Harrington because he's got the ch- – so again, again, this is why – I hate to like shamelessly plug rickrungood.com, but if you are not on rickrungood.com where you're not getting Patrick Harrington's European tour and Champions Tour data, like what are you doing? I, seriously. Like I make this database because I want it and I love it and I want other people's love it too. You got to have it. So here's why uh, like in raw strokes game, Patty Harrington – pops off because he's been dominating the champions tour. And then when he's played on the European tour, it's actually been pretty decent, right? So Alfred Dunhill links, he finished T17. Um, Abu Dhabi finished fourth, which is crazy. Uh, he missed the cut in Dubai, uh, Dubai whatever. Then here, uh, T25 at the Raz Al Kaima championship. And then again, he just dominates the, 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 um, he dominates the senior tour and his Honda classic results are well, they're not great. He's missed five cuts in a row, but he won this event in 2015. So yeah, again, I think you could probably do worse than 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 Patty Harrington. Because of course variance, would showdown be a larger path, a larger path to go down? In regards to that, who would a larger path? I'm not sure I understand that, Mitchell. We'll talk about the second part. Good first round leaders. So here's what you do. Go to strokes gain distribution. Go to guys who gain five or more strokes frequently. Ben Gordon, Will, Will oh, excuse me, Ben Griffin, Will Gordon, Garrett Higo, Mark Hubbard, Davis Riley, Harrison Endicott, Martin Trainer, Callum Tarrant. Like these are the guys, right? And these guys are probably like a hundred to one to be first round leader or something like that. So um, you got to get guys that gain five, six, seven strokes to the field. You got to do it. Have at it. Who are the best Bermuda? I can't believe we got this long without looking at the best Bermuda putters. Okay, so best putters on Bermuda. First of all, it's going to be uh, Danny McCarthy's best putter in the world. He's actually better on Bermuda than he is uh, not, which is crazy on the other surfaces. So some of these guys have smaller sample sizes, but you can see those here. So in 22 rounds, Harry Hall, 1.12. 16 rounds, Thomas Dietrich, 1.05. Ben Taylor, 53 rounds, 0.8. Denny. 200 rounds, 0.79. Uh, other guys with larger sample sizes, over 100. Kucher, Horschel, English, Brian Gay, JT Poston. Last man in, Malnati, Riley, Moore, or Poston? Poston. Is Jaeger the real deal? He's been good whenever he's played. I like Jaeger. I, we've been tracking Jaeger for a long time, back to the Corn Ferry. And he is, to me, a very solid player. What's that? One miscut at Phoenix, one miscut at Bermuda. That's it going back to the 3M Open. The miscut at Phoenix, absolutely stacked field. Doesn't putt very well. The rest of his game's fine, right? He's an above-average PGA Tour player now getting himself in the weakest field. Are we going all-in on Kevin Tway or what? Um, this is not an all-in situation, but this is not like when I saw John Rahm in person in Phoenix and was like, holy crap, he's going to win Riv. That's the way I felt. I watched. I walked with John Rahm on the weekend in Phoenix and said, holy crap, he's gonna win Riff. I saw a lot of Kevin Tway this week. I do not think he's going to win this golf tournament, but, um, I was pretty impressed, right? He was, he's, he was kind of keeping everything in check. He was kind of in some weird spot. Like he, I thought he played well and I went and looked up his stats and he's now made five of his last six cuts He's got a T40 and a T32 at the last two elevated events. This is a much weaker field. This is, uh, I think this is the guy that I was thinking of where the bar was very, very low, but he's playing much better than he had been. And I laid some eyes on him and I was pretty impressed, relatively impressed, right? He is ne- he's not, like when I watch him and Victor Hovland play, it's completely different games, but I was pretty impressed with Kevin Sweat. Uh, there is a super chat, which is much appreciated, never required, from the Kings, the Kings, that says, "What do you think of Ben Martin?" So let's let's do that real quick, and then I'll pick up pick up my spot. So here's Ben Martin. Oh, this actually isn't that bad. Uh, gain from g- gain multiple strokes from tee to green in four of his last five. Ball striking numbers solid. Putter above average. Okay, the Kings, uh, way better than I would have anticipated. The results aren't always there. You know, missed the cut at Farmers, missed the cut at the American Express, but T13 at Pebble, T32 at Sony, T21 at RSM. Uh, this is way better than I would have anticipated. How does he put on Bermuda? Uh, it's his best surface. He's not great. 
like 0.08 per round, but it's his best surface. Okay. Yeah. Have at it. Love it. We all know Sungjae's workhorse. Do you envision any other tournament where the, the field will be this week again? Um, and Sungjae will play? Mm, three. Will he play 3M? Will he play like John Deere? Will he play... Uh, well, that might be it. This is going to be, this is going to probably be the weakest field of the year. I mean, it's, it's, it's a sandwich of five, five weeks, four of them are elevated events. Like this is the odd man out. Um, so no, this Sung Jay might not probably will not play another event where the field is this week. Shane Lowry is going to birdie or Eagle every hole. I will take the under thoughts on Tano Goya. Yeah. So actually two guys that I think need a little bit more respect, uh, Goya. And Augusto Nunez. So here's here's Goya's stat profile. That's three made cuts in a row. T55 at Pebble, T53 at Farmers, T26 at the American Express. Stat profile's fine. You know, a couple missed cuts before that, but that's like coming off the Corn Ferry can kind of be expected. If you look at what he did on the Corn Ferry, it was it was pretty volatile. Augusto Nunez is kind of interesting as well. If you're really if you're really desperate, he hits the ball. I, I saw him at Torrey. He hits the ball really well off the tee. Um, not a very good putter. I don't know if we even have, I bet you we don't even have any Bermuda numbers on him. Probably. Don't. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what, he's half as bad on Bermuda as he is on other surfaces. It's still very bad, but um, I like the way he hit it. He's made three out of four cuts. I don't know what this means. Got bones by Cantlay doing all of them last week. Dude needs dude needs to wake up and tell Rom to get lost. I don't know what that means. Minwoo, uh, one and done different enough. Uh, I believe he will be about 5% owned. Is Sepp Shaka showing any signs of life? Might be sneaky to defend his title. I don't think so. But hey, there's one way to find out. Let's just go look. Sepp Shaka signs of life. Uh, no. Not for me, at least. Um, his two best finishes are a T21 at the Tournament of Champions, where he actually lost strokes because it's a small field, a T10 at the Hero, which is middle of the pack, and then just a lot of poor play. So, no, probably probably not. Anybody over 8% owned in the 6K range? Eric Cole is 4.8. No, that's the most, 4.8. Quick dive on Bezadenhout. Boy, um, I always worry when a guy who's like, when he loses his weapon, lost with the putter in three of four, uh, he's a very good putter, but we're like not really seeing that the approach plays pretty weak. Uh, I do not like this stat profile. Who's most overrated golfer right now? Um, boy, am I just going to like, just like call somebody out? Um, Harris English. Just wanted to thank you and the guys for opening my eyes, uh, on the world of golf betting. Yes. I always do outrights, but, uh, never thought to do placements made my first top 20 bet on Lowry and it hit boom. Rick, thanks for taking the time for us and much appreciated. Yes. Hey Rick, are you still feeling good about Higo? Uh, yes. Generally speaking. Could Sung Jay end up like Rama a few weeks ago? Yeah. So there is, this is actually a pretty good question. So there is definitely, um, there is definitely a time where ownership projections become aware of themselves, right? And we have seen this where, you know, uh, and this is a good example, Rom, just like 35% projected ownership, 35%. And then you get, you go all week long where it's like, he's going to be so popular. He's going to be so popular. He's going to be so popular. And like, nobody plays him, right? You overthink the overthink. So I think there is a chance of that, but um, Mike's pretty good at like understanding that that these are going to become self-aware at some point. And uh, I, I mean, I think he's going to be pretty heavily on. How is your season-long fantasy team going? Do you have a full roster? Well, I have eight. I have eight teams. Some of them are doing great. I have one that's like 0 and 5 or something like that. Um, yes, I have fielded teams in all of them because that is like, uh, it's essential. So I have dropped guys I didn't really want to drop, but like I'm not going to give up a a week. This is like the showcase league that we have where, um, you know, it's, it's a bunch of people that you guys probably know. So I'm playing Jason Sobel this week. We're both four and two, four and two is a three-way tie for first. Uh, and it's very tight. So three teams are four and two, 
Two teams are three and three. Three teams are two and four. So it's razor, razor tight. Here's my team versus Sobel's team. I'm going with Buckley, Dietrich, SH Kim, Minwoo. They let me snap up Minwoo on the waivers, these guys. How'd they let me do that? He's like the fifth shortest odds. They let me snap up Minwoo on the waivers. Taylor Pendrith, Adam Svensson is the team that I'm rolling out. He's going with Bez, Fratelli, Hardy, Palmer, Davis, Riley, Eric Van Royen. I don't want to jinx myself. I think I'm the favorite in this, right? I mean, I've got Minwoo who's got the shortest odds out of anybody on either of these teams. Dietrich, Buckley, I mean, Svensson, whatever, like whatever. I'm not even that bullish on Svensson, but I think I'm the favorite in this. You guys let me know. Am I the favorite in this? I feel like the favorite in this doesn't mean I'll win, but I feel like, I feel like I'm the favorite in this. Uh, luckily there's just like a million Denny McCarthy questions. We've already, we've already done that. Denny's, or I don't even know if we've actually, I don't even know if we've done a deep dive. It's just, a lot of the questions are just like, should I play Denny in one and done? It's like, yeah, Denny's fine in one and done. Here's a stat profile. I mean, Denny was, Denny was great at the Genesis. Denny's always going to putt well. He's always going to putt well on Bermuda. He's just got to be a zero off the tee or a plus one off the tee and a plus one on approach. And like, yeah, he's got the formula for something like this. He's missed one cut. It was in Phoenix um, since the Shriners. Like, yeah, Denny's Denny's fine. Denny's great. Uh, here's the tweet. If you go comment on this tweet, Armina put it in the chat. If you go comment on that, I'll, I'll give away a monthly. That's from Sheets. Um, talk about these guys. Talk about, is there a reason nobody's talking about Dietrich? I don't know. They should be, right? We've talked, I, I feel like I talk about Dietrich constantly. So I don't, I don't know what the deal is, but um, just continues to play well. Th this is exactly what we expected. This is why, I mean, I, I drafted Thomas Dietrich so high in season long leagues. Um, I'm playing him this week, right? Yeah, of course. Okay. So, I, I drafted him so high because of like, this is what we were expecting. This is what we were expecting, right? He played so great through the fall, played a ton through the fall. Now he's getting his feet wet on the PGA tour. T26, T37, T37, T33. And the last one was at Genesis. Let's go. Let's go. Is this a breakthrough spot? Is it a breakthrough spot for Dietrich? Saul Noren was out heading to live. Maybe I doubt it. I think Liv's pretty set at this point. And um, I don't think so. I think, I think it's just probably a lot of golf. I didn't he because he played the last two weeks and he probably is playing Bay Hill and he's probably playing the players, right? So I imagine he's taking a week off after two missed cuts and trying to figure his game out. Hey, Rick. This has been talked about a lot. Do you see any correlation between the Sony and the Honda other than the course rotation thing? Well, neither of them are course rotations. Um, I don't know that, Dave. I'd have to look into that. How much are you weighing the proximity buckets? Not much. I rarely do, and this is not a week to be doing that. Uh, we would we can do the Lee Hodges thing because the Lee Hodges thing is interesting because he played well last week, but that was like his first non-missed cut, I think, in a while. Yeah, so it was five missed cuts in a row, a T18. He gained across the board. Uh, cautiously optimistic because I'm a believer. Like, I like his game, so I'm cautiously optimistic, but when you snap out of a five-cut streak – and you are, I know he gained across the board, but when you're led by the putter, right, that's your leader and you're not a very good putter, that is, uh, feels a little trappy, feels a little fool's goldy. So cautiously optimistic there, but no significant investments there. <clears throat> I, I feel like I'm speaking a different language. It says, you don't sound at all excited about Minwoo. That can't be true. I, I literally like wrote him up everywhere and talk about him all the time. I don't know. Am I, uh, maybe I'm, maybe I'm doing it wrong. Um, can you tell me anything about Brett drew it? Try see what we have on him. Woo doggy. He's feeling it on the corn ferry. Isn't he T4 Bahamas missed the cut at the other Bahamas event T8 in Panama. That was the event that Pearson Cootie won. T3 at the Astara Golf Championship. That's actually not bad. I'll tell you what, he's never been able to translate it to the PGA Tour. He's missed like eight of his last nine cuts on the PGA Tour. But is this event feeling more like a Corn Ferry event? And he's playing great golf? That's not bad. I'd see, I'd prefer this over Kozan. Kozan. That's not bad. Uh, Rick, congrats on Rom last week. John, Rom. 
Could you run a model emphasizing bogey avoidance, uh, double bogey avoidance, green and regulation, hard scoring, and a pick of your choice last 36? Uh, I can get you close to that. So, all right. Custom model, rickrungood.com. Let me get you close to this. So I can get you bogey avoidance, I believe. Where is that? Bogey avoid. Okay, so one, two, three. Okay, so 25 on bogey avoidance. Hard scoring. Course types, hard. Oh, 25. Uh, greens in regulation. Do I, I don't even... Do I even have? Yeah, I usually don't even use greens in regulation. And a pick of my choice. Ooh, okay. So you've done bogey avoidance, hard scoring, and uh, greens in reg. I'll do approach in the last 36. Our combined, me and Malat's combined model, Ben Griffin, number one. Kucher number two, Charlie Hoffman three, Nick Hardy four, Sung Jeezy five, Dietrich, Gordon, Kirk, Bramlett, yes, sir, Russell Knox. That's our top 10. Good luck to us. Uh, hey, Rick, Joe, I don't even mention that right misses on this course are bad. I know I can find data on the golfer profile, but is this a way to sort by right rough misses? Yeah, so we kind of talked about this a little bit. Go to the Holy Grail, go to stats, go to right rough tendency. I think it's a fine stat. I think that there is a little bit more nuance to it. I'm not going to use it as a uh, the like the end all be all, but maybe it breaks ties for me, something like that. Kadira keeps popping. So this is Kadira or Austin Cook to make the cut. Kadira pops up in a lot of like the safety categories. Like, don't miss the fairway. Don't miss off the tee. Uh, like that. He pops up in a lot of those things. So I'd probably go there. You were on Tyson Alexander. Would he be a good fit? Yeah, let's look at this. So Tyson Alexander is, uh, I'm, I'm actually going to just pull up his adjusted course fits. I haven't met a point. Oh, I guess I should show you. I'm sorry. I haven't met a point nine one. So adjusted fit uses um, the stats from the golf course and the stats for whatever you want. So point nine one is, it's about middle of the road. It's about the same course fit as Harris English or JT Poston or Cam Davis. So it's it's okay. Um, but I do like his game. What's his what's his form been like? Because I feel like I haven't talked about him since what farmers? Did he play farmers? Yeah, missed the cut at farmers. T48 at Pebble Beach. Hasn't played since then, so it's been a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's it's again like a five and a half out of ten, something like that. Um Would you consider – no. So would you consider uh, golfers from Florida having an edge at all? Seems like we talk a lot a lot about in California but not so much in Florida. Again, nothing nothing tangibly huge, right? Uh, if you want to break ties for guys who live like in Palm Beach or in Jupiter or play Florida golf or play on Bermuda a lot, that's fine. But um, I, don't th- I, I don't think there's as much nuance – to Florida golf courses as there are California golf courses. Like when you have Kakuya drink and you have POA, there's just like way more nuance to that as opposed to just like flat Bermuda courses that have water everywhere. So I, I, I do think there's a reason why we talk about it more in California. Uh, Straka Vegas or Tway, you can only pick one. It's probably Vegas, but I do like Tway. But I just think in general, Johnny Vegas is a better player than than Kevin Tway is. How much do you consider the last few weeks being really tough fields and some guys not liking the West Coast? Poston, Billy Ho, Cam Davis, et cetera, but have showed upside in the past. Very fair. Um, yeah, I, I think it's very fair. Like, you know, that's why I was pretty fi- I was pretty fine with Alex Norin missing the cut at the last two events because he hadn't missed by much and they were the two deepest fields that we've had of the year. So Yes, I'm willing to give these guys passes. I forgive very quickly. BDO is a large accounting firm. There you go. Learn something new every day. In a two-and-done league where we pick two guys, I'm in the lead. Who would you pick? Uh, Sungjae and Lowry. Do you have that available to you? If not, Sungjae and Horschel or Lowry and Horschel or two of Lowry, Horschel, Sungjae, and Minwoo. 
in a tournament where anyone and everyone seems to miss the cut, who are the higher owned guys who are fool's gold? In your opinion, seems like uh, Svensson is one. Yeah, I mean, all these all these high priced guys, or excuse me, highly owned guys are, are are super scary. And then when you combine that with the stat profile, like the stat profile of Aaron Wise, I don't think is that great. You're just kind of going off long term stuff. The stat profile for Svensson, like I think, is super bad. The stat profile for Harris English, I think, is super bad. Um, yeah, I, I think I think there's like there's a lot of ways to get it done, and those guys aren't aren't super getting it done well. Um, so this is, uh, this is a question about how you figure out projected ownership. This is Mike Cavalunas's answer, but the, the general thought is, I mean, and there's a lot of guys who do this, that, uh, what we've seen over the last five, six, seven years of doing this is that the general public will generally do the similar things. You know, they will find guys with good course history and lean on them. They will find guys who are playing well. They will build lineups in similar ways. And when you start learning those indicators, uh, you can start to project what the ownership is going to be. So it's obviously much more complicated than that, but that's kind of the the gist of it. In a second, in second and a big one and done, recommend using one of the top dogs because ownership doesn't matter for me. Um, Yeah, ownership doesn't play one of the big dogs. Favorite play... At $7,400 or less, not named S.H. Kim. Okay. How about... I don't mind Danny Willett. I don't mind that. Ah, boy. Danny... I think the answer is Danny Willett, unfortunately. I I hope we're talking about Sobel's team. It says, oh man, his team is rough. I hope that's Sobel. Um, love your content. Been a subscriber for the last couple of years now. Playing DS, DFS, I have Brent Grant as a scrub play and have Jonas Blix as another scrub play. Um, okay, so Brent Grant's kind of interesting. So we, uh, Brent Grant, friend of the pod, um, he's come on the podcast before. Wow, look at his headshot. Why does he have a background? That's bizarre. Playing uh, some very high upside golf. So he started to figure it out, right? There's there's a learning curve on the PGA Tour. So he goes T25 at Farmers, T20 at Pebble. Both of those weeks, if I remember correctly, he was like near the top of the leaderboard for a while, and then he's just trying to put four rounds together. He's getting more consistent. It's happening slowly, but he's getting more consistent. I think in a field like this, it's probably not a bad place to run him out. Jonas Blix, I don't know as much off the top of my head. Let's look together. Um, You know, T20 at Pebble, T7 at Astara. And eight missed cuts before that. I prefer I prefer Grant. Who finishes better, Dietrich or Wise? Wow. I bet you if we simmed it a thousand times, I bet you Dietrich does, but it'd be pretty close. Who's winning the live event? Um, good question. So I do actually have the power rankings in here for live and for the European tour. Uh, let's do last 36. They all, they all don't have... Well, hold on. I gotta, I gotta throw in their live rounds. I gotta throw in rounds from everywhere. Hold on a second. PGA rounds, live rounds, all that stuff. Um, I don't think Peters is gonna win his first start, but I actually think that um, Henrik Stenson's pretty undervalued. He's seventy seven hundred dollars, and he's like the fourteenth best player in this field over the last thirty six. So I think he's undervalued. Who I think wins is probably somebody who's pretty comfy at live whether it's DJ or um, answer wouldn't be bad. Why do DP world tour guys often struggle on the PGA tour? So a couple of reasons. Um, One, it's it's just stronger, right? The fields are just stronger. Even the weaker fields are stronger. The unfamiliarity with the golf courses. This is something that, um, uh, we talked with Trevor Immelman about uh, a couple weeks ago, talking about how the international players have to always play away games and how that is never really factored in. And just like the crowds are against you, the familiarity of the golf course, like you've just zero experience. It's just really hard. And then you have the added pressure of these guys know, man, you know, I might only get one, two, three, four starts here. I better take advantage of these. And it just is like added pressure as well. So I think there's a lot of reasons um, 
that that makes sense. Favorite six guys that fit under 50K. That was a good try. Uh, we are in overtime right now, so let me run through a couple of these pretty quickly. I think I'm almost at the end anyway. How important are Bermuda greens versus strokes game putting overall? I think pretty important. Reasonably important. Um, I think I've answered a lot of these. I think we're done. Is there a bet available for over under final score? Usually you want me to actually look and see if I can find it real quick. All right. Let's see if I can just find this really quick. Let's see if I can find winning score tournament props, uh, winning margin. No, not winning margin. No, no, no. Where, where do they not have this anymore? I don't see it. It's usually under tournament props. They have winning margin, but I don't see winning score. Sorry. Okay. That will do it. I'm starving. I'm going to go eat lunch. Probably Chipotle. Uh, Yes, Oliver. I'll tell you what, though. Oliver was with my parents while we were traveling. I'm pretty sure he likes them more. Super spoiled. Like we had to like claw him out of my mom's hands. Like he's like, nah, I'm good. Like I'll just, I'll just live here now. So, but he is happy to be back. We're happy to be back. Uh, hopefully I love getting out on the road, but it's nice to be home. Okay. Um, go subscribe to rickrungood.com. Uh, go join us tonight for the power hour of the jock market power hour. That's eight fifteen PM Eastern time. We'll rock and roll. Otherwise, thanks guys. Appreciate you. See ya.